And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're, this is a very late episode. <laughs> Not really. It's probably like a couple of days. And you can also probably hear... My television playing in the background. Also, I have not addressed the camera yet. This is episode 184 of the Constitutionals Podcast. I believe it is 184. I refuse to check. Uh, definitely. I can definitely hear the TV in the background. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this isn't going to be a long one. Uh, you know what? I'll even say it up front. Didn't record it. <laughs> forgot to. Not forgot to. I, never, I mean, I knew what I was going to do, but I just didn't record this part. Uh, the, what you're going to experience is the first... Uh, hey Google, uh, launch Netflix on Xbox One. Okay, launch okay. Xbox just something to get this <laughs> to get the TV to turn off or to turn into a different thing. Uh, so what you're gonna get for the first 15 minutes of this? And God, I, I don't even know if this is gonna last 15 minutes. <laughs> Whatever I have to say is, uh, it will be a traditional me talking into the microphone. <laughs> And then there you go. Netflix finally launched an Xbox. Uh, the net, the last, I think, 40 minutes of this is going to be uh, my interview with the Spanish Shaki presents. Now, did I have to do the accent? I did not. <laughs> Why did I do the accent? Because it's a little bit racist. I'm sorry. I do apologize. Uh, Spanish Shaki presents, if you don't know is a comedy group and I refrain from saying troop improv an, an improv group in a uh, base in Los Angeles. They host a live show, uh, featuring a bunch of acts from the Latinx community, comedy, singing, all that. They interview, uh, Latinx actors and like Natalie, Natalie Morales. And they're all, very funny actors and comedians themselves. Now, I had chances, and they have a podcast. <laughs> I forgot to get to that part. The they they have a live sh- they have a podcast version of the live show, which is just them talking to uh, people that they like on their podcast. So it's very fun, very fun, very funny. You learn something. Uh, they're all great people. Not not a limit in the bunch. Now, I had I had a chance to interview them. If you don't know, if you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel for some reason, I don't know why you subscribe to this, but not the YouTube channel, you can check it out. Check out the full interview. But uh, if for some reason you have not watched that interview, or even part of it, I prefer you watch the whole thing, but even part of it, uh, video version people, people watching the video of, of this will get, if you don't have 40 minutes to kill... <laughs> Which, if you're watching my videos, you got some time to kill. <laughs> then uh, the video version people will get a nice 15-minute chunk that I had to cut down. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. The I'm still having trouble placing this microphone because the desk had, uh, the desk had to move over because of this new bookcase. Um, and it keeps falling by itself. Uh, but the video version people get to see me, A, get to see this microphone fall at least twice now. And then B get to see a short 15-minute version out of cut for Instagram because Instagram cannot take videos over 15 minutes. But I routinely see people on there with like 50-minute videos, so it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe those are business 
accounts. Well, C Plus Comedy is a business account over there on Instagram. So anyway, so here we are. What is there to talk about? Well, I was going to record this on a Friday, and I uh, didn't. Uh, you know, when you have like five days off in a row, you just don't do anything. <laughs> you like, <laughs> like you don't even plan to pretend to be uh, like you're going to do something. And I just didn't do anything. I spent so much money on Black Friday. And most of all of it has arrived. I Last year I got an Instant Pot, uh, the 2013 model, I believe. And it's one of the best. It's actually sitting right here next to me because I got a new one. I got the newest version of that model that came out last year. And it was on sale for cheaper than I bought that Instant Pot <laughs> from last year. And, uh, or was it? No, actually, it truly doesn't matter. Uh, the either the people under me or the woman next to me just love slamming their door. And, uh, and it's just a cacophony of things I can hear, hear and feel under my feet and, and on my wall. Uh, I bought Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which I was playing before this. $15. Oh God, I forgot to take out the trash. Oh man, the trash people just rolled by, I think. Um, and I can just walk it down. I have legs. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's a great game. Um, it takes you through the entire Dragon Ball Z saga. And then there's DLC, downloadable content, that, <laughs> that takes you through uh, the the first, two ver- the first two seasons, I guess, of Dragon Ball Super. Um, or the first two m- new movies that came out. Not Barali, but the first two new movies, like Resurrection F, which stands for Frieza, and Dragon Ball Z Gods, I believe. I don't know. I didn't. I just bought the disc. I didn't buy the season pass. It's everything in a Dragon Ball game I wanted. Uh, I mean, there's it's an RPG, and it's a fighting game. The thing is, there's there's some things I would I would rather have not have been. You know, I'd rather it's not a fully open world game. There's a world map, and you have to travel to hub worlds and everything, but that's fine. And uh, loading times are still suspiciously long, which is very strange for me. Um, but I'm enjoying the game. I also bought Fire Emblem Three Houses on a Nintendo Switch. And uh, I wanted to play that game for ever since it came out. And I started it last night. I got through one cutscene and I fell asleep. <laughs> this is at midnight, so <laughs> it was probably my fault for starting it that late. Uh, what else? Did I buy any other games? I don't think I did. I bought some 4K HD movies. Uh, I don't have a 4K player yet, but they did come with Blu-rays. 1917 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Because they're cheap. And I bought a Bluetooth speaker that I used for a hike yesterday, which was great. I didn't turn it. I didn't blast it. I just had it at a nice low volume to where even if people passed, they still couldn't hear it. And that's about it. What else is going on in my life? Uh, Thanksgiving, fine. It was all right. Made stuff by myself. Hung out with my cat. Uh, I think she has been going, my cat has been dealing with some respiratory, uh, cat flu, you know, common cold stuff. And been giving her medicine or what she'll take, you know. And uh, she seems to be getting a little bit healthier. I just saw a light go on on my balcony. And... No one can reach my balcony but me, so I'm very curious as to what that is. She seems to be doing fine. She's still sneezing a little bit. Oh, I bought I bought an Xbox Series X controller because it still works on Xbox uh, One, 
and eventually it'll work on iPad so I can play a game on here and Android uh, so I can not play a game on my phone. <laughs> what else is going on? Oh, so anyway, the cat seems to be doing better. Um, she has not vomited, you know, since last week. So knock on wood for that. Wood for that. And uh, her eye, she had like a little eye thing. It's why I keep putting medicine in her eye, uh, which was not fun doing in the morning because she would run away from me. And uh, one day she hissed at me. So I said, we're not going to do this for a day. And she didn't like the ear medicine I had to give her. I have to give her. Um, but yeah, and she's been taking her probiotics because I had to put in the, that in the food and she'll eat it. That's good. But so far, so good. Her eye has opened up last night or yesterday, day before. Yeah, yesterday, she was just meowing, 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 meowing. And I looked at her eye and it's a little bit inflamed and it was, and she's like, she could like barely open it all the way. And then this morning today, she's she's running around the apartment, just knocking things down and playing and having a good time. And uh, she's doing great. My sweet little Nova cat. Yeah, I like her. She's cool. <laughs> today was low key for us. I got a washer and dryer. I had to move down here by myself. And um, the vent is too short and it will not fit uh, over the dryer and the wall. Between the dry and the wall, so I have to get maintenance in here to get that, to look at that. Listen, my life is not exciting. It's just a lot of me being alone and uh, and cooking and stuff and playing video games and hanging out with this cat. Oh, I finished South Park Stick of Truth. I I played that game years and years ago when it came out, and actually when it came out on 360, I played. I want to say the first three and no 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 no. I played up until the spa- the alien spaceship. And then, um, so I remembered everything, but like I have, I have this crazy encyclopedic memory of, uh, movies and video games and things. And I, and I played, I played Christmas and I played, um, up until, uh, the spaceship part, which is like, I don't know, two some odd hours in there. And, uh, Oh, look at me. I'm getting in. Oh, just an email. Thought it was a text. No, no one cares. Uh, I played it to a certain point. So I knocked it out and that was fun. And then I started, I played Fractured But Whole, the sequel to Stick of Truth, when it came out originally. And uh, I played about three and a half hours of that. And I tried to, I tried to just hop back in because I didn't want to play three and a half hours of a video game again, even though I didn't, you know, really care. Um, and then I, I couldn't, I didn't know how to fight because there's a different fighting system. And I just said, all right, you know, I got to restart this game. So now I had to restart the game. Same thing happened with uh, persona five. It, uh, the not Royal Royale, which is the upgraded version of the game, which I also own. I own both versions of persona five. No big deal. Uh, I played, you know, like I think I played like a couple hours of that. And then for some reason it didn't save on the PS4. And, uh, which is an issue I have with, uh, a lot of games, um, but it just didn't save. And uh, I tried, so I had to replay it, I think like twice, not the entire game, but I had to replay like the opening like a couple of times. And then same thing happened for Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, Definitive Edition on the Switch. Um, I played the the uh, the demo. They had a demo that lasts, I think like 11 hours out of like a 150 hour game. And I played, I played like a, I played like a couple hours of that, and then the, I guess I don't know how to save in the demo, even though it tells you how to save because you have to go to certain points to save. And 
I just had I just kept restarting it. And I and I promise you, I played almost ten times. Uh, and then I eventually bought the game by accident when I meant to buy Pokemon. And <laughs> and then uh, and the demo save transo- transfers over. Uh, but it was I I you can play the game in two D or three D. And I uploaded and I reloaded the game in uh, in two D. But I didn't have the three D save, so I had to restart from like three hours prior to where I was in. So it was a, it's really exciting. <laughs> it's super exciting. What else did I do? Oh, Never Not fu- uh, Funny. Had, I, I didn't want to know if I wanted to mention this, but Never Not Funny had a live stream today, and uh, I watched. That was pretty much it. Truly, nothing going on in my life. <laughs> nothing exciting. Nothing fun. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems like it's enough. We're at 1242. <laughs> I just gave up halfway through. <laughs> All right, so listen. Uh, Spanish Hockey Presents... Uh, great people, Riza like uh, Tony Rodriguez, Carlos Santos, and Oscar Montoya. I love that name, Oscar Montoya. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all very funny people, all very funny actors, and uh, they we get into it. We talk to about some serious stuff. Watch the full interview. Watch the full video. Uh, and then also, you know, just watch, these, watch the next 15 minutes. Watch the next 15 minutes, and you will understand. It's the same thing. It's the same video. I just cut out a bunch of stuff. Uh, thank you for watching. If you like what you heard here, remember you can always head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, to see more interviews like the Spanish Hockey Presents one. I believe tomorrow, or today by the time you listen to this, I will have up Johnny Brennan from um, the Jerky Boys. Uh, the embargo was up Friday, and then I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not doing anything Friday. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay. YouTube, uh, cpluscomedy.com for more interviews. Then if you want to see a video version of the show, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. We can see my mug. And then also on youtube.com slash cpluscomedy is our premiere show, News Time, which is a news magazine entertainment business style show. The Daily Show, but less funny. With it, Also with a comedy story. Uh, with a story about something comedy related. I don't know what last week's episode was about. So you'll have to look it up yourself. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at C plus comedy. Rate, review, subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to play the going to break song because that's where we're going to a break. And then you'll see the video. All right. Or, you know, if, 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 if you'll see the video, if you're watching the video and if you're listening to the podcast, you'll hear the whole interview. Okay, that's it. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I mean, it's fine if you if you use it. How you, you know that's. I just wasn't sure, so I just set it up. I had it set up from yesterday oh. from recording. Well, thank you for being proactive. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank that's you. Surprised though. She's the, she's. Yeah, that's why we're even here. I feel. <laughs> are we starting this already <laughs> yeah i mean we could yeah this whole this whole thing could be uh because of right like year two years in the making two this is this is leading up everything you guys have done in the past three to four years has been because of her and now <laughs> no that's uh, uh that was our uh, runner-up name for the team just her just her oh because of her because of her oh Hillary could have used that two years, that, uh, a couple of years ex, ago. Ex, ex, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were all thinking it. You said it. I'm so glad you said it. It's, uh, uh, 
Yeah, these past couple of days, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm, I'm in Georgia. So like seeing, you know, just all this ballot counting here has just been nerve wracking and wow. I'm be over. What I mean, I can wait for the HBO movie for the, like this, so, like they always might have, like they always manage to do the HBO movie of whatever election happened is more uh, ludicrous. Like the, like the dimple chats or what was it called back in 2000? Hanging chads or the hanging dip- chads? Hanging chads. Oh yeah. Was that 2012 or was that 20, 2000? 2000. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's right. I just changed from Florida to New York to vote. Wait, what do you mean? You're not California? In 2000. Oh, I thought you meant now. I was and like, then, <laughs> like I'm voting for Hillary for Senate in New gotcha. York. Got you, got you. I was like, wow, here you are just admitting voter fraud. All right. (laughs) That was a completely different time. Voter fraud. (laughs) Well, it's just so, it's so, it was so much easier to vote back then. I wasn't uh, able to vote back then, but it just seems like it was so much easier, even if there was a little bit more corruption. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just that um, I always say, look, corruption is never going to end. So at least have the person that's talking to the people at least try to sound uh, competent. That's that's it. I think it's a coincidence though that this is like kind of like what happened with Bush when the war was happening and everybody wanted to like have big, remember we wanted him to be a one-term president because of how he handled the war. Mm -hmm. This is just like, I feel like times a half thousand. Are we recording what's happening? We, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're like is this an interview uh, yeah i mean yes this is this is the interview this is we've already started yeah i, ne- I don't I, I don't like uh, i like to make it lucy lucy goosey i don't like to just sit down and ask questions uh it's okay. it just doesn't seem natural at all so yeah yeah hell yeah but i mean i can't ask questions if that well, makes you so comfortable not, so we're not doing the top five best moments of our life Oh. Well, you know, we? <laughs> give me please the uh, top five uh, Spanish-speaking uh, comedians, and uh, no, no, that just seems, that seems <laughs> like something that uh, I feel like I'm taking a quiz or something, <laughs> <laughs> like a pop quiz. It's got it's, it's got to be uh, short form, please. <laughs> um, but yes, well, no, seriously, thank you for sitting down uh, talking to me. Uh, this is uh, this is great because. I'd, I'd heard, I'm, I listened to a bunch of Earwolf podcasts, so I'd heard all of the commercials when you guys were coming to the network, and uh, it, they annoyed me so much that I had to. <laughs> yes! Good! So Good, it works. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. This is, oh, it's the bane of my existence, that first commercial. Well, it confirmed what we all were thinking. Wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, whatever gets them, whatever gets them. <laughs> I mean, but now it's been what a year or a year and like a month uh, since, a since you guys launched six months, five, four, uh, three months. Oh my gosh. Months? Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Jesus, Jeez, it's uh, that's wild. How, how was how's it how's it been like turning going from a, a live presentation? to to a podcast and still trying to when we were before the pandemic and still trying to juggle both of those at the same time um, i think it's turned into therapy i think uh, we've kind of come together to kind of deal with yeah it i mean it's a different i think it's just naturally a different vibe i i, I think i could, i think i'm 
I'm in the ballpark of how we're treating the podcast through the pandemic. Because uh, we're not really performing. Uh, we used to have, like a, at the end of every interview, we used to do a set. But there was something about being in person that allowed that to happen. And, and we just felt like that doesn't maybe through Zoom is not the... Yeah. Take this no. And pick it up. No, no, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say because I know you mentioned like how like be like pre-pandemic we did have live show and podcast, mm-hmm. um, and like at least for me, I'm the I'm like one of like the one that like kind of like organizes like book like I like do the emails like the business kind of stuff for us and at some point it will be really crazy because I'm I mean I'm not like a manager but it's like I'm getting off four of our schedules plus making sure like the live show stuff also you know whatever like we have that going on and then like making sure that the like the the guest can make it and like sometimes you know Carlos and I mean they audition like crazy like all of us audition a lot so even like pre the pandemic like we're in the middle of like scheduling 10,000 things plus like whatever random like brand deals we get or like you know like show requests and things like that so I will say weirdly it's still busy now for us but like before it was just like a constant like craziness where I don't think we really took like a breath I don't know like I feel like we kind of talked about this in one of the podcast episodes when the when like the pandemic started and then we're kind of like okay cool like we could we only need to do this once a week now because before it was like are you available Monday at 10 30 because that's when I could get this guest in cool who's good okay great and then like that morning like somebody would like have an audition or a callback and it's just it's so much crazier to schedule and like feel organized like even though there's less now too I still feel like less organized I don't know I feel like a mess either way (laughs) I think also uh, I think also the the way that this show has transitioned uh post uh pandemic or during pandemic is that during this time, it's really easy to sort of sink into this um, individual hole of self-doubt and sort of like you have your own ideas bouncing in your head. You feel very isolated. Um, and honestly, a, a personal experience, I think having this podcast has helped me have a soundboard of different... The, the thing is like, we're all at next, but we're all incredibly different with our points of views, our political backgrounds, you know what I mean? Just like our upbringing. So it's very important for me to discuss the political climate, our health, just random stuff, silly stuff even with people that I consider my family rather than sort of like caving into Instagram or Facebook and sort of just going nuts in my own sort of like information bubble, you know? So for me, it has been sort of therapeutic and also having these guests with such insightful perspectives has helped me so much being like, it's pretty bad now, but like there's ways that we're all as a Latinx community are handling it that are just like enriching our souls. Even if we don't feel like we're getting any, do- any um, work done career-wise mm-hmm. or business-wise, like I do feel like we're doing the work spiritually in order for us to sort of equip ourselves with the armor necessary to tackle on the, what's happening now and the year that's ahead. So it's been very helpful for me. I think also as a plus, on the plus side, we've been, we've had access because of Zoom. We've had access to maybe some guests that we wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. But in person, a lot of people, and that was contingent on them being in LA and all that stuff. And I think that kind of opened that up. Yeah. So we're oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The scheduling has been a little bit 
easier for sure. How can I feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that's but yeah, the the guests you've had on for the past couple of months have been great. Like I I love Felipe Esparza. Uh he's definitely one of my favorite. He was he was one of the first comedians I saw when I was getting into comedy, not live, but like on uh Comedy Central's uh, presents. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it it was it was always good to to hear him. Um but I want to get back to the your work within the Latinx community because I that's so that's such an important aspect. I think what we're missing here in uh, the current climate with, you know, police involved shootings of uh, black people. I think that we're also forgetting that a lot of these issues aren't just black and white. I think it, it, it comes, you know, it's Asian, uh, Latinx, uh, Indian. It's just, there's so many different things out there. And uh, Spanish Aki presents, uh, I'd, I'd never seen the live show until this week when I was looking up your YouTube channel and I watched mm-hmm. the Natalie Morales one and I didn't know how different it was from the podcast. It was, it was a, a presentation of a showcase of talent from people from your community. And it was brilliant and lovely. And it felt like it was a moving experience as I was watching it. And so I just think that uh, whether you know, you're volunteering in the community or giving people who never had a leg up a leg up, I think that's a, a lovely sentiment. Thank you. That's very right, nice. That's very so nice. Can we take that as a blurb for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead. Feel, feel free to use it. No, I, think yeah. that, I think Riza can definitely take this because I think this was from the get-go. This is kind of what we wanted to do at UCB and um, because there was a void. And I'm not even, Riza, take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, pretty, yeah. I mean, that's that's why that's why we, we, we did this. Like, I... I was on, uh, if you are familiar with UCB, I was on a Herald team. It was for a year. I got cut. You know, the notes I was given were the most vague thing ever. And I was just like, I had gotten so many people that were like, oh, it's so nice to see someone that talks like me or that looks like me or that, you know, can talk about their abuela or, you know, like you like had a blackout in Spanish. Like I've never seen that in my fucking life. Like, and I've been coming to Herald's every Monday for whatever years and, you know, just like hardcore comedy people. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm here just like having fun and like obviously nervous, you know, on the back line uh, every Monday or Friday uh, that I had a show. But then, you know, I got cut. I had my sad girl month, whatever. And then I just like, was like, wait a minute, I had submitted for this show with, with, with Carlos, Tony and Oscar, like before I even got cut. And then I was like, oh no, fuck this. Like, what the hell? We didn't get response. I'm not on a stage right now, like representing any of our people. Like there's barely, like, like Los Angeles has like, I think 43 or 45% Latinx. And I was like, how the fuck? Like, I know there's comedians out here that look like us and that are doing what we're doing in an indie level or whatever, you know? Um, and so like when we met up, and we finally got a meeting or whatever. And we like got our date um, to have the first show. Like I made, like, you know, we all made sure, like we talked, we were really open with each other and just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Like I want to get celebrities out here for sure. Because that's something that we're going to, you know, the Latino community is going to come out for us because they're, they're down to like support our, our, our things, you know? And, and then it was like, but it's not only about them. Like we do want to put those people that came up to us after a show. Like, you know, there's people that, you know, have come up to all of us for different, at different shows and and just like express like just happiness and like joy honestly just like by seeing us on stage and also like 
it just proves that there was a need in the community because the show sold out. We didn't promote it. I had something personal that came up and I had to fly to Miami. And then like, we didn't do any, we didn't really promote or post or anything literally to like a week before and we had the shows show. in the past. Just, it's important for you for everybody yes. to know that we have, we were on a different team that yeah. was like, and it was all Spanish improv and, and we were given some weird slots and you can say whatever you want, yeah. but we were really not prepared for the just, the 100% showing up of the entire, yeah. like we oh. Oh, sold yeah. out and consistently sold out in a way that we weren't ready for it, uh, mm -hmm. which is an amazing and beautiful thing. Like that weekend, I just could not sleep just thinking about it. Oh, I yeah. Though, which also didn't help, but like the adrenaline <laughs> along that first show <laughs> yeah. was so amazing. And I don't, you know, and I, I, I didn't see it coming. And then yeah. it was like, so beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I think like, you know, I think our first show, we were kind of like worried, like, oh, like what celebrity? Like, I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I've booked celebs for other shows that we had done before, but I was still like, just figuring it out. Like, as we went, like, I was just like, all right, well, let me try this. And like, it came to a point that after like only maybe three or four shows, I started having people hit me up like oh my friend is the lead on this show oh you know what um this very famous latina actress is down to do your show i was having coffee with her and i told her and i was just like okay yeah cool like send them <laughs> on my way and it it was really empowering for me as like a latina and like you know the boys as well like because it's like you know sometimes you feel like you're not being seen also by like hollywood like yeah there's a difference between like comedy live you know improv ucb people knowing who you are but then there's a different thing when like you know casting directors just start showing up to your show like not the uninvited like of course yes please keep coming but like it was one of those things that I was like oh cool like this is becoming a stage where people can can get can get reps and get casted and and be be known be you know be be someone in their in their at like what do you call it what do you, what's that thing atmosphere yeah atmosphere yeah environment yeah, yeah. environment yeah environment. yeah environment. I also think uh, I think that we were nervous about about the show, the beginning of the show, because our whole sort of um, the reason of the show is to build Latinx community. Right. And mm -hmm. in theory, that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Like, of course, this should be. But we have been ingrained to believe that those spaces are not for us. Mm -hmm. but there was a little doubt in our heads. We were the byproduct of a all white comedy scene, you know, like an all white venue. Uh, and we were sort of like, okay, like, I know this is going to work, but is it? Because we've been yeah. gaslit our entire lives saying that there can only be one or two mm -hmm. by POC yeah. in white spaces and that's it. And you want to show where it's all Latinx people? What? Wow. Um, and thank goodness people came through oh. and showed up because honestly, yeah. it's like we built the show, but the people came to the show, the community showed mm -hmm. up, you oh, know, yeah. and we would not have this show today. We would not have this podcast today if the community wasn't interested. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's a, it's like a, you know, a cause and demand sort of thing of like, yeah. we, we want to bring up our Latinx community, but thank God the Latinx community responded in such a positive and amazing way. So yeah, that was great. And then it proved to us that like, Oh, we don't, we don't need white voices to mm -hmm. elevate our own. Like we, we can do that ourselves. We can support ourselves inside of our community. And that was honestly, that was powerful and magical for me. I would yeah. take it even further because we, it was, this is so that you understand what was happening. We were also, not only were we surprised at the community showing up at the same time, we were concerned that we were going to get can't like, we were not going to go on. 
even oh, yeah. though we're selling out. I need you to understand what that is because we now we're processing it because it's been two years, but like literally we sold out and we at the end of the show were like, you maybe we'll get cut. Like yeah, hopefully we can do another one of these. Of yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that Oscar was talking about being ingrained. Like we <laughs> really had that first year. We really every every time we would sell out and every time I'd be like, this could be over. And it's ridiculous now to think about it because yeah. Yeah. If you're selling out, it should make you feel like you're doing something right. But even then, at the beginning, we were like, uh? Well, because we had, uh, you know, these sold out shows with these very cool people. And we had a white woman deciding every month whether we would continue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, 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 it's just like that. Like, it's plain and simple. That's, that's what it was. The person in charge, you know, really, really... Uh, really made it a terrible ter like it was like this is supposed to be such a like beautiful thing for the community and like they were and, like, not an ally yeah and it was just like i mean it was just like okay well continue to prove yourself and it's like fuck dude you got a bunch of mediocre white boys on fucking big teams and like here we are like selling out with like really cool like guests and the community and so yeah it was definitely how carlos said it was every i mean every show we're like okay well i guess we should get someone else just in case so, like when do we know if this is like for real and then the podcast definitely made it really feel like for real, oh, even yeah. though like we did the pilot and then it didn't come out, you know, for well, I don't know how many months, like eight months until we did the pilot. And Almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what was your question? Oh, no, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> we just <laughs> went off. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love it. I love it. It's uh, when like when UCB shut down the uh, the New York stages, I I, I immediately had an interview with uh, our local. Um, improv organization here and they're not for profit so they mm. they get their money you know via the community yeah. and they those those people were just so they they had negative things to say about ucb and like how you can't make money off of that um or like be sustainable from that and mm -hmm. so hearing their side and then also your side as well is really solidifying that you there, UCB and, and Chicago IO, uh, now that it's closed down and, you know, those other ones, uh, was the, the other improv places, they, they're doing comedy in a way that's not sustainable, that doesn't work. And, um, and when, you, when you exclude parts of the community and you say that comedy is uh, seven white guys all wearing the same, you know, polo shirts, Flannel. <laughs> not, yeah, flannel. You're not. You're not. Yeah, doing sorry, Carlos. Sorry, no, Carlos. No offense, Carlos. No sorry, Carlos. 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 Sorry, and I can't wear a flannel because then I go on stage wearing a flannel and I get immediately called a chola. <laughs> uh, oh my so God. it's like the opposite. Like literally, I wore it one day and like three people made a comment. I was like, fuck you guys. Like what? <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I also think the comedy spaces are honestly a reflection of, you know, the bigger picture of Hollywood at large. Mm -hmm. It's not, yes, a, it's not much different there either. Um, there, there, there's no precedent set in place for white Hollywood or mainstream Hollywood to look out for BIPOC like it, it just it, there's no there's no reason for it you know it survived this long and what's happening slowly but what's happening period is that black spaces white uh um Asian spaces like South Asian uh spaces yeah. disabled spaces mm -hmm. are pushing 
aside these mainstream spaces and forcing their way in. And we're just a representation of that. Like we literally had to force our way in because it, they weren't listening to us, you know? Oh yeah, they don't want us. It's that's, okay. That's where uh, <laughs> I know Tony and Carlos, you guys are on Hintified, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Oscar, are you on Hintified as well? I don't think no. Blaze is on. Okay. I'm definitely maybe, not. Maybe the second season. <laughs> Maybe look, maybe, look, we pitched it to them. We had them. We had them yeah. at a show, and we did a <laughs> our, our little. We did a little intro bit where we like all auditioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and that was a very fun bit to do. <laughs> but yeah, no, we. It's a yeah. It's a great show. Carlitos is in it, and Tony. Tony has a really fun role. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like it just goes back to like that's that's you're shoehorning your way in there with with yeah. this type of show. That show was missing not only from just streaming, but also. Kate, well, not Kate. Well, I would say Kate, except for Vita. Vita was there too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like like Vita and Hintifal. And one day at a time, yeah. And it oh, just, yeah, it sure. sucks that they have to be segmented and spread out so far, but mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're coming and, and they're coming strong and they're good shows. They're not mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, I don't want to shit on Big Bang Theory, but they're not Young Sheldon <laughs> or Big Bang Theory. Or right, Mom. right. They're not yeah. like that. They're you can. I'm yeah. Just <laughs> Tony's a huge uh, young shelter fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Kaylee Kuko. Nobody knew. Kuko. What? How do you say Kuko. it? Kuko. Oh, whatever. Mira, mira, whatever. I love. Say it in Miami, though. Okay, look, Chad. Mira, I, la I, Kaylee Kuko. Esa. La Kaylee Kuko. Mira, Kaylee I can't say people's names, and it's fine because nobody can say my name. So I'm like, it, it works out for me. We're even. It's fine. Um, no, but like I remember, she was like always uh, number one on IMDb. Someone told me this, and I never knew who she was. <laughs> like for years and then like I was like oh my god like she's a white girl on Big Bang Theory and like that show's not great like what like there's so many other like POC people it. that should be so much higher I don't know I mean not to shit on her but like specifically but I don't know I just was like yeah there's so many other better black and brown shows out there that that needs well, it's to be like, I, I, it's not that it's a bad show it really it just doesn't speak to us as an audience at all yeah and i think we've like lived our entire lives sort of catering to white audiences like forcing ourselves to That's look at ourselves in an all-white cast you know yeah. like for example uh you, you know like i i would i would watch a tv show and be like oh this guy this guy with the glasses is me and it's a white dude with glasses it's like Oh, that's the sort of diversity that I grew up watching on yeah. TV. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's now that's changing. Now there's mm -hmm. more variety where I can be like, oh my gosh, look at the scope of the people that are being represented on TV. Look at these families that I'm getting to see, you know, one day at a time and hentified, like mm -hmm. dysfunctional families, not stereotypical, right? Three-dimensional, yeah. worthy of storylines, story arcs even. Can you imagine? More yeah. than one episode dedicated to a person of color? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know? And that's special. That's amazing. Yeah, it's true. And we've had guests from all those, those Latinx shows that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a common thread that's come up is like that we, of course, are fans of all of them. And as you said, they are actually very, very good shows. But that the, the 
the showrunners and the stars of those other shows are also fans of the other Latinx shows. And I feel like the Hollywood story is that like, this show has to be representative of, yeah. you know, so and like, oh, yeah. we're, and of course we've said it before, the Latinx experience, as we're noticing with this election is so diverse. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> a monolithic. Well said, Tony, well said. I mean, yeah. Get on to the Cuban voters. <laughs> but like there could be multiple stories. Don't get me started. Oh my god. The resident Cubans from the group are are not having it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, what but should Dade was blue. I want to make sure that it's Dade here. Was blue, Miami my Dade was red. 305. Where is it? 305 here. Oh no, it says Miami. Just kidding. My 305 broke. <laughs> Okay. was blue. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to make sure we all know that. Go ahead. It was a white people of Florida. <laughs> look, look, my county is blue too. Uh, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Biggest county in Georgia, Fulton County. There we go. Oh, right. tight. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're in this. Uh, but also I live in a gentrified neighborhood uh, mm. where, you know, that that is like a street over, there's project, not projects, there's uh, low income housing and then a street over from that it's newly built townhomes, so yeah, yep. yeah, as oh, yeah. you will. Um, what should we kind of we kind of touched on this a little bit? What uh, what should white listeners get out of the show? Because I I feel that uh, but from both watching the live show and from listening to the podcast, I feel my concern is that going to UCB in particular for the live show and doing that show and then saying, hey, we need a one word suggestion, and someone goes tacos like that that would yeah. piss me off to no end. But then also uh, you know, asking the dumbest, like if you guys ever did listener questions for the podcast, uh, you know, if someone asks a stupid question, that would just, you know, make me not uncomfortable, but, you know, just may not make things better. So what should white listeners learn from, from being a, a, a part of the Spanish Aki audience? This is something that we've done from the get-go, even when we were with Provisos Peligrosos. Uh, we took uh, all these moments and we kind of held the audience accountable for their actions for the most part. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every time that something happened, we kind of called it out to kind of make it yeah. known that it wasn't okay. I think, and I think that kind of transfers over to the podcast in the way that we, we treat everything from our point of view. Um, yeah. I, think I mean, I mean, I think like we, we do, Look, you're going to learn about the Latinx culture inevitably just listening to any episode, even the episodes that, you know, we just recorded a couple that will be coming out in a couple weeks and it was just like us just talking. But like you're listening to four Latinxers talk about their experience and you're going to learn something like we're going to we're, we're going to without trying to educate you, it's going to like it's going to happen. Um, with me personally, you're gonna hear me say, call out white people a lot. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't care. I, there's a saying in Spanish called, yo no tengo pelo en la lengua. I don't got hair in my tongue. And I, I, I feel like, in the, huh? Nobody really does. But yeah, but whatever. It's, it's like, it's a Cuban saying. I don't know if other people say it, but the Cuban it say it a lot. It's different in English. It hits different. Oh, it, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I, it's funny because like I have like friends or like family and stuff that they'll listen and they'll be like, damn, bro, you call that white people real hard on this one, huh? And I was like, and I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, if you follow me on social media, I'm still doing it. I'm doing it on the podcast. I'm doing it yeah. in a conversation at a bar. And, you know, the truth of the matter is because of comedy, I do have a lot of white friends and, you know, sometimes they need to hear, they need to hear it from me. And, and 
it's because I am that Latina that shows up to like a girl's night and it's all my white girlfriends and I'm the one person of color Mm -hmm. or like maybe like me and my other friend that is black, maybe, you know? And so I think like uh, a lot of people will learn stuff and learn how we feel in situations because I think a lot of times people just like to like, you know, put us as the victims or like, oh, well, like how Tony said, like they're all the same and it's no, like it really shows how we are all so different, like especially where we grow up and where we come. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I also think the misconception of the podcast, because I've guested on a bunch of different podcasts where they're like, oh, so it's a Spanish podcast. It's like, yes, no, it is not a Spanish speaking podcast. That's like the biggest mis- And I say it every time I guess on all these different podcasts where I'm like, it is not just for Latinx people. It is for everybody. And it is about the Latinx experience, but it's not for Latinx people exclusively, right? Mm -hmm. It's also not in Spanish. We're not alienating any like listeners because there's a huge population of Latinx people that don't speak Spanish and that's totally fine. There's a lot of Spanglish going on. Don't get it twisted. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But I do think that it's more of an inclusive experience. I think that white people can and should listen to Spanish Aki Presents. I think it's a Mm -hmm. podcast that Mm -hmm. will, again, like what Ryza was saying, educate people in a not preachy way, I don't think, you know? Yeah. But I think it's like a look at these four very different Latinx lives and see how they sort of navigate the world in Los Angeles. And, and you know, I would, and we have fun. So, I, you know, I, if I were white, I'd listen to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of white people that DM us. Um, yes, and are, yes. And like, they honestly, like genuinely, like from all over the world, they're like, thank you so much. Or I didn't know like that Cuban said this, or I didn't know that like, uh, you know, about, you know, uh, Carlos, you know, being Puerto Rican or whatever that is, you know, cause he plays a Mexican on the shore. I just found out because we heard him, whatever that is. And it's cool, you know, like people become a fan of us separately and they become a fan of the podcast and then they learn about all of us. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, where else do you see, since the show was a live show and then it turned into a podcast, where else do you see uh-huh. expanding into like, I can, I can, you know, I can see it going, you know, well past the audio uh, space and the segmented uh, improvisational space. And, and you- So do we. We agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, pandemic <laughs> is a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm like, um, how can we answer? We, television. We, want, we want television. television. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we have some ideas. And oh, we, we, we just got, everybody just got so weird. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, if we are allowed to dream, um, uh, pre Well, no, well, uh, well, cause you know, we, we have some ideas for stuff, but I think, um, what's, what's, what's really crazy and like, honestly, like amazing is that all of us individually, are so are like you know we all do so many things like like you know and so like as a team like we do want to do more stuff and I think it's just a matter of finding that time to also like continue working on that because again we're in a pandemic so like it's really hard to just like meet up and then like you know do all these meetings and pitch stuff you know um but I think I'm sure you'll I'm sure people will see us uh doing some other things soon on tv maybe we were cooking. We were cooking pretty yeah, much. Yeah, we were exactly. Uh, putting stuff together. But unfortunately, obviously, yeah. everything comes to a grinding halt. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. thankfully, we can <laughs> still survive through the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, now uh, production's starting back up. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, find we'll, we'll, we'll find something. <laughs> is yeah. it though? Is it though? <laughs> I'm like, because every time I hear that, then I see another fucking article that this one was shut down and this one was yeah. shut down, and I'm like, oh, for the love of God, I'd kill to be a background extra for at this point. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I miss, I miss it. It's yeah. I hope it. I hope it stop shutting down <laughs> well, well nbc just uh canceled connecting so you if you find a latinx a zoom <laughs> show <laughs> they canceled it they it just can- came they, out they, they pulled it from the uh from the schedule and the rest are going to air on peacock i think so you're kidding that was the show uh, based on people being in the pandemic yeah yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. like a, it's a zoom show yeah never in hell i mean so it probably is a good show i just feel like too soon <laughs> right. Too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to know, like, what is on TV? Like, I just keep mm-hmm. seeing all these like POC shows getting canceled, and I just want to know, like, what the fuck is on TV? Like, all these shows, like, they don't. What I don't, I don't. There's I barely mean, any sports. Fair, a lot of shows have been getting canceled. Shows that have been picked up have been getting canceled. Yeah. Like, just trying it's, to get through the year. I mean, getting I mean, an audition is like... Actors. Now actors, now, usually actors have to worry about either first getting cast, getting through the pilot, then not getting recast, then the pilot getting picked up. And now on top of that, now we got to worry about that like, at any moment, even if you get picked up, it can get taken out. So it's like, yeah. there's no... Yo, for real. I, I sent through, there's no sense of serenity for... <laughs> just more anxiety piled on for actors. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad. Even uh, that show on uh, becoming a god in Central Florida, that guy can't. That was that was a highly praised show. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. It is like complete. It's like you could be doing everything right and still have mm-hmm. no control of the outcome. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. It's like the industry knows what it's like to be a, a BIPOC or a minority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, I will say, I have seen some shows that were pretty heavily uh, not diverse. Uh, that'll, that's how I'll say it. Um, and them getting canceled, I was like, I literally thought the same thing, Tony. I was like, oh, I wonder if they feel like if they were like a black show or a brown show, like, like how they just get barely a season, which I think is also something that we've talked about, like uh, on the podcast, like we're like a lot of, um, you know, we our, our shows, our, our PLC shows don't really get a chance kind of like, you know, to bring it back to like the comedy world, you know, the white mediocre boys get get put on these teams and they're mediocre, but God forbid any of us be mediocre, have a bad show, you know, it's like, it's like so much more is expected. Yeah, normalize BIPOC uh, normalcy, yes. please. Mediocrity. No, no, normalize mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, no, please. POC mediocrity. Yeah, 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 that's what yes. I mean. That's what yes. I mean. Yes. You know, white mediocrity is like not just normalized, it's idolized. I mean, it's idolized, it yeah. <laughs> Amy, tell me Barrett, honey. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have, Queen I have It's, yeah, it's uh, the worst shows get the most praise and it's insane. Because it's I, safe. It's safe. And like the one thing that we know about America and Americans is that they don't like feeling uncomfortable or stepping out of their comfort zone, right? So if everything is packaged in a way that they understand and they're safe and you're not pushing any buttons, then that's great for them, right? But I think we have to push, but we have to make content that push people's buttons. That way, that's that's progress. 
-hmm. We cannot progress if we don't challenge ourselves as viewers, right? As people who are writing content, like if you're not pushing boundaries or experimenting with your borders, like there will be no progress happening. And I think we, I think what's happening is that like the American audiences are afraid to challenge people's comfortability. But we have to, in, in order for us to grow as a community, as a people, we have to, you know, watch something that is a little uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. challenge, like talk about themes that are challenging, you know, like, especially like this political climate, like, yo, like we, let's talk, let's get uncomfortable. We have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what a show like uh, Lovecraft Country mm-hmm. is, is mm, able to trick that. people into watching and enjoying a show that is essentially about you know blacks not having rights oh my gosh but isn't that interesting isn't that interesting every and you know what i mean like for with black entertainment in particular that's what it is you said the magic word trick because people come and see and they're like wait a second oh like for example get out which is an an iconic horror movie Mm -hmm. i feel like people like jordan peele tricked white audiences to get into get Mm -hmm. out because they were like oh it's it's a it's a horror movie, but with black people. And that's all it is. And that's great. But then when they see it, it's like, oh, wait, it's more than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm holding, holding up a mirror to my own racism. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know, like, and that's, and that's transformative, right? You know, and it, I'm sure that movie changed so many perspectives on people that were watching it. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. As you say that HBO figured it out after Watchmen came out, they're like, hmm. Yes, Watchmen is How a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, Carlos, that's, yeah. Watchmen is, that's it, Carlos. Watchmen is the prime example. I would like to add uh, Rami as well to that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, yes. I think especially like with, you know, Rami, like being Muslim, like it, it has a different type of um, stereotype, you know, uh, as like terrorists and like criminal, you know, like all like that kind of thing. Yeah. And like watching that show, like I'm not Muslim. And like, I, I mean, it's literally one of my top three, maybe, I don't know, like favorite shows like that I've watched in the past couple of years where I was mm-hmm. like, Oh fuck. Like, all these characters can be so relatable in so many different ways. And like, I'm not a 57 year old Muslim mother or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. but you watch these episodes and like, you see the discrimination or like how they feel as a woman of color, whatever that is. And I was like, Oh, like I'm able to tap into that. And I think that that's part of what we need white people to watch these shows and like also be able to relate to it in whatever way that is. And just like, watch it, like give these fucking shows a chance, give these comedy shows a chance, give these like, you know, these Latinx podcasts a chance, because if you're not, if you don't, if you're not trying, then like, you're not like you, you're going to be ignorant just because you post a couple things on Instagram doesn't mean you're fucking woke. Uh-huh. Like, I'm done yeah. with You might not like shit. it, but maybe you will. Who knows? Like, that's the thing. Like, we're not yeah. open to something. We're not saying, hey, you got to watch, you got to watch this. Yeah. Otherwise, you hate people. We're yeah. just saying be open to trying out new things because you never know mm-hmm. if you're going to end up liking something on your own. And something, uh-huh. you know, and, and Fine, I'll watch, try Young Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I watch a lot of white shows, okay? And I give them so, I'm like, and like, I will say this, my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you watch that whole, se- like Emily and Perry. I was like, I watched the whole thing. And he was like, but you just complain to me every night about it. And I was like, because I just, I don't know why. I just, I had to finish the series and like mm-hmm. confirm that my, like my, my opinion was what it was from the first episode, but I fucking mm-hmm. watched that shit. But you know how many yeah. people, they start watching a black or brown show or like, you know, uh, any, like any other person of color and they're like, 
Mm, pilot is not good. Not Ugh. for me. Next. I did that with Shit's Creek and look at Shit's Creek. I did that with the pilot episode. I was like, I can't, I can't get into it. Everybody told me, watch it, watch it. I was like, it's so many white people. I don't really care. And I watched it and I was like, thank God I watch it. I do enjoy it. But you know, I think, I think it's like more people need to fight for our shows like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the root of it. The root of it is like, watch, if you watch a piece of content that's outside of your comfort zone and you don't like it for you to then to not go, oh, then all of that is bad. I cannot watch it. Um, as opposed to, oh, I didn't like this specific, but maybe at some point down the line, there'll be something. And I think that's, that's the privilege. And I talked about that when I was, you know, uh, talking about Hentify when we were doing yeah. It's like, there's a privilege in not having to represent everybody. And there's a privilege in saying, hey, if, if this show is not good, it's not representative of all the other shows that could be good. Um, and that's what we're fighting for. And I think that we're slowly but surely like grabbing, getting, grabbing some territory and like making a positive change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, Amy Carrero episode, and uh, <laughs> she's a she's a princess. She's a Disney princess. No one no one includes her inside of the Disney princess no. verse, and yeah. they, they barely want to include Princess Tiana. And they yeah same thing for Mulan. Like it's it's so stupid. Like imagine the entire world. Imagine who how many people are fans of Disney, and then imagine how many of those people are racist. Like yeah, like just. <laughs> Also, she couldn't even get a movie. She got she gets a TV show, which thank thank you. I mean, mm-hmm. super like duper like appreciated. A bunch of seasons, great. Like I love it. Like I love that. Like little little kids are watching this, but also like give us a fucking Disney fucking pr- princess. Like yeah. like Coco was like this huge thing. You guys saw what the Latinx community oh. came like. We come out, black people, we Asians, do. like Latinx people. Like we come out. Like make money off of us, but put us on, yo. <laughs> like just put us on and give us some money too. <laughs> That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. Uh, yeah. Well, guys, I feel like I've taken so much of your time. Uh, <laughs> And I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. This is, this has been truly thank amazing. You. This is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. Yeah. You you're allowed to vent as much to me. No one really <laughs> comes to the website. You know, I get big names and no one comes to the website. So you're allowed to vent and no one's going <laughs> to. So Kaylee Kukul's not going to read this? No, 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 no. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Craig Ferguson. Maybe oh, Craig I love Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. <laughs> I, had, I had him a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. wonderful. He gave me he gave me a good half an hour, and uh, we just we shot the shit. It was it was fun. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Seriously, uh, I'm gonna get the word out. Uh, happy birthday to the show. Six months late, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys are doing it. Seriously, continue doing amazing work, and you've you've got a fan for life from me. thank you and if you're ever in la and the world is open and we're performing holler so you can come to watch a show oh yeah yeah. i'm like i I say that but like listen i'm like who knows when that'll be (laughs) (laughs) at some point two years from now oh god i can't i don't even want to think that long but yeah we'll find out who wins uh tomorrow hopefully or next week at least Oh, uh, yeah. Man, yeah, we'll see. I was we'll see. Hoping it could be tonight. you know what? It could be any of those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who could <laughs> say? Yes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Chad. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Guys.